If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Jenny Hot. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, listen, you know what? It is lucky me because I was like preparing for this. I was like, oh, I, I know her. I, I could just prepare like maybe last minute. We're going to have oh a my casual, God, yeah. nice show. Oh, yeah. So simple. Yeah. You're across the pond in Long Island. Yeah. I I know you're home because I was just on your podcast and I learned that you are just as big a homebody as I am. I am a shut-in, proudly. I was built for the pandemic. Are people like shocked to find that out? Because I think people, if they really mm-hmm. listen to the words I'm saying, I'm like, I'm not making this up. I really, truly would be thrilled to never leave my house. It's fine. I don't think, I think, look, for years I was on Sirius XM and I would interview a lot of super fabulous, fancy people. This is before I started my Just Jenny podcast, which now is still daily. It's like I never left live radio, David. You know how it is, this like everyday thing, which I love. I'm thrilled doing the podcast, but I think anybody who's listened to me for any amount of time knows that if I'm not working, I want to be in my bed or on my couch. I want to be with my dogs and my husband and my kids. Like, that's it. So I'm not sure they all want to be with me, by the way, but that's what I want. So at least, you know, I mean, I think if I didn't work so hard, maybe like I understand why people want to go out. I I, I actually get it. You, really? What What is it? What is the draw? Like, why? Well, OK, let me take that back there. I actually don't think there's a draw. I think that if <laughs> if I didn't like for the brief period in my life when I really didn't work, that became my work. So because mm-hmm. I have that type of personality, mm-hmm. then it was like, OK, so Monday's booked. So I kind of made going out and having a social life my job. I guess that was yes. the only part that I understood. And then I had the energy because then that was the main focus. I don't know how you have a life and a job. And, and still want to go out. I, I'm just, I'm exhausted and I don't yeah. want to speak to anyone. Well, I think I, look, I think for, for me, I, I always found that when, when my kids were little and I was working, I felt like when I was out of the house for work, that though that wasn't sort of fun or an actual indulgence, it felt indulgent to me to be away from my children. And so that was sort of the time that I, took as like the going out time. I didn't ever really do girls nights out or my husband and I were pretty much always home with our kids when they were little. We weren't the kind of parents that were traveling without the children or going out all night, partying, like we just didn't, we just put them first. Yeah. So it's like either we were both working or we were both effectively at home with the, with the kids. And so that sort of has been how my life is. So it's still that way, even with my kids that they're grown ups. So it's like, we have the dogs and we have, a, and also how many restaurants do we really need to go to? Like at some point when you have lived in the same place for many years, it's like, I know where to get the best sushi or I know where to get the best. I don't eat steak, but theoretically the best steakhouse or whatever. And I don't, where am I, where am I going? I can hang out with people here. If people want to come over, they're always welcome. I have an open door policy. That's kind of how I am. Yeah. Well, you oh, you did start your Just Jenny podcast. How long were you at Sirius? I don't even know. Oh, I know it was God. a long time. So I started broadcasting at a Sirius XM in t- 2005. So 2005 through November of, or the beginning of November of 2022. So over 17 years, I did live radio there daily. And it was amazing. It was on the job training. I love my family at Sirius XM. And when my show ended, it was 
really hard because it was during sort of an other hard stuff going on in my life. So it was like a lot at once, but I, I understood it was time. The channel that I was on was not going to be a channel anymore. There wasn't really a place for my show to land. And they, they were, I guess, just not interested in continuing it. So my contract wasn't renewed. And that was for my ego, like crushing. But, you know, cognitively, I understood that had they not done that, I probably wouldn't have taken the leap of faith and started my podcast. And I think that the growth potential here is so much better than what I had there. So I think so. I mean, yeah, they're like one highlight that stands out from all your years at Sirius. Uh, well, I've made great friends. Um, I've interviewed so many people. I, uh, I interviewed Dolly Parton and that was great, but that was something that I actually, it wasn't really because of Sirius XM. I kind of I kind of hustled and got that done myself, but they were my support, which was great because they had to go with me to her hotel to do the actual interview. And then I was able to put it up in my show. I met good friends while being there in, in just regular people. And then, yeah, I learned a trade. I learned how to be a broadcaster and I would have never learned prior to being, if I hadn't been there. Was Dolly like your favorite interview ever? I love Dolly. I mean, Dolly Parton, when I was a kid, my dad was a record producer. He was actually, um, and a music publisher, just all around music business person. And he was the one who really helped Dolly cross over from country to pop. And that was with the song, Here You Come Again. And he had brought it to her and said, you need to record this because this is going to be your crossover hit. And she was like, no. And then he's like, just listen. And she was like, yes. And then that the rest is history. So we got to revisit that story and which was very cool. And at the time I've since lost my father, but at the time it was really neat to be able to then bring home the interview and all the stories my dad had told, she completely confirmed and it was just really lovely but as a kid I was in the studio with him and her and um for a couple albums and yeah for a few years maybe like 10 years we spent some time with Dolly some significant time with Dolly and I loved her she was always my favorite I so don't have that air I I don't know how to like listen to a song and be like this is it I mean once it's a hit of course you hear it you're like this is a great I just don't I don't I don't know how people do that that was one of his great skills. He could know a hit. He could hear a hit. Yeah, he was good at that. Well, listen, there are worse people to spend time with growing up than Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. No, we had, yeah, it's been, um, I've been around a lot of very cool, famous people. But I, I think because of that, I, I have a much greater appreciation for talent than I do for fame. So if the two are combined, fantastic. If someone is super famous because they're really talented, incredible. And, and that can be, by the way, a reality TV personality. If it's a reality TV personality who happens to be talented at what they do on reality TV, essentially, that's cool. But if you're someone who's just sort of infamous or I don't know, famous without anything that I think is kind of sparkly, then I don't, I don't need to be around you. Yeah, no, I agree. I have a totally different, like when you were on my show last time, you were episode number 197, FYI, which was, oh, it's almost early on for you. It's almost exactly two years ago. January 2nd, 2021 is when you were here last. That's when it aired. Yeah, now we're like on episode, like technically like 600 and something, but really it's over a thousand episodes because I don't count. I mean, I've done over a thousand episodes at this point. Like, this job has changed my entire relationship to fame also. I'm uh, sure. Because I'm sure. it's the same thing. You're like, you speak to everyone. You're like, everyone's just a person. And yes, there are certain people where you're like, I'm just so in awe of like your talent, how yeah. you can turn it on and do that. Yeah. But when you really break it down, it's a very small group. Really. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I think that Bethany is amazing. Bethany is exactly who she is, who she's always been. We grew up together uh, in college. We were friends from the time we were probably, I don't know, 18 to 25, something like that. And uh, and then sort of just went different directions and then our paths would would cross and whatever. But she has always been Bethany. So seeing her kind of have the success she has is not just unsurprising, 
but like, I'm proud of her. And I think it's really cool that she took all of her skills and really used them in a way that has supported her life. It's, it's actually fantastic. So someone like her, I get it. Like I totally get why, why people freak out from her. And also I get it because she's, she's, she's truly as is, which is goes to the whole, like the most important thing is that you're really who you are. Cause we can, we can sort of smell when somebody is inauthentic. Yeah. She seems really like, I don't see how you could put all that on. Right. No, that's who she is. No, it's not. a That is who she is. hundred yeah. percent. I'll admit it. As important it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate. I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. You know how every Saturday when we record with Kim D, her seven dogs are barking and I get so freaking annoyed. Well, listen, I just spent the holidays with Kim and forget her and her gift. I got her seven dogs, Nom Nom. Now listen, Nom Nom is made with real whole food that you can actually see and recognize. You know how most dog food looks like mush? Not Nom Nom. You actually can see the pieces of meat and protein and the vegetables. It kind of looks like food that like a human would eat. Really? It's made without any additives or fillers. It's actually healthy for your dog. Nom Nom cares about quality more than anything, and they make real good food for your dogs. And of course, Kim did not want to hear about anything new, but I mean, when she saw the food, she was like, oh, wow. And these dogs, I mean, for once, her not her seven freaking dogs did not annoy me because they were enjoying this. And it comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog isn't thrilled within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. Right now, for 50% off, 50, and no risk, you get a two-week trial at trynom.com slash velvet. That's try N as in Nancy, O as in Oliver, M as in Mary.com slash velvet for 50% off. Trynom.com slash velvet. As we head into Valentine's Day, and you all think I don't have a Valentine, but are you really sure of that? I have to tell you about the best gift for Valentine's Day. Did you know that over 6 billion texts are sent every day? I mean, I text 24-7, sometimes even when I'm on air. And that's why I love Keepster, because Keepster actually does something with your freaking texts. They take your texts, and they're the only ones doing this, and they turn them into an amazing keepsake book. Hence the name Keepster. Get it? So you could take a one-on-one text or group text, anything you want, and literally they make it into a keepsake book. Here's how it works. You just download the Keepster app onto your computer. You choose your favorite text, photos, emojis, inside jokes, whatever you want, and then Keepster does the rest. Their books start at just $12.99, so it's super affordable, and it's a really personal gift. That's what I love. Who needs more flowers or another box of damn chocolates? So listen, we live and share so much of our lives on our phones, right? Now you can save what's special with Keepster. So if you have an iPhone, head to keepster.co slash velvet and put in promo code velvet for 20% off. That's keepster.co slash velvet and use code velvet for 20% off. All right, one last time, guys keepster.co slash velvet for 20% off. Hey girls and boys, what'd you guys think this past Friday? Real friends of WeHo. Did you guys watch? Well, you better watch because listen, we're going to be talking about the real friends of WeHo here on this very podcast. And you need to watch before this Friday because the second episode, all new, is this Friday at 9 
8 Central. And listen, you guys love housewives, right? So now you need to learn to meet the house guys of WeHo. Friday nights on MTV are great. We have Drag Race and immediately following Drag Race is this, the real friends of WeHo. Listen, you're going to go inside the lives of six amazing West Hollywood friends. And you guys know a lot of the players. Brad Goreski, you know from the Rachel Zoe project. We're going to get to see inside his marriage with Gary. Todrick Hall, there's been so much written about Todrick. James Vaughn, Curtis Hamilton, Dorian Renaud. And Joey Zauzig. You know what? It's six gay guys. And I mean, how great is that? Love this show. And an all new episode is this Friday. So don't miss the Friends of WeHo, part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race, this Friday, 9, 8 Central, where only, of course, on MTV. And it doesn't shock you that she's just so uber successful. I mean, you know. No, she was always that way. No, she was always that way. Like, always a hustler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always driven. I could see that. Yeah. Do you get like when you do go to interview a Dolly Parton and you get this interview through your own auspices and you go to her to yeah. like, or do you get nervous? Like, have you ever gotten nervous for a big interview? Of course. But I found that the way to lessen nervousness for anything is preparation. Like, that's it. And when I've prepared in the right way, when I've done the work, when I've done the reading, when I've done the research, when I've checked Google, I mean, it's simple things that we can do to be prepared for an interview, especially if somebody who's somewhat known, because there's information everywhere you look, you just click a few keystrokes and you've gotten what you need to know in the moment. You check social media handles, you read their Twitter feed, like it's not that complicated, do the work. So as long as I've done the work, I'm, I'm usually okay. Sure, there are some people who are intimidating. I think when I interviewed Maureen Dowd, I was nervous because she was so smart. And I was like, oh no, right? Like if there's someone like that, but most of the time I'm I'm fairly okay because I I yeah, because I prep ahead. Like I remember interviewing John Lithgow and I was nervous about that because he's such an accomplished actor, but it re- went really well and he he knew that I had prepared for it. And also the same thing, like with authors, like read the book, they literally hand you the prep. Like, here's my book. So read the book. Yes. Yes. And yes. And kind of yes. And then yes, (laughs) I agree with basically like every, every, all of that. I have faked reading some books just out of sheer time. Sure. But yes, I feel like- But then admit like- it. If you, if you come to the interview and you say, because I've had that happen. I've had that happen where I've gotten in, if someone has written a book, come on the show to talk about it. And I've started the interview with, look, the book showed up last night at 6 p.m. And I did not have time to get through it fully. So let's get into it. This is what I know. And tell me what else I need to know. Like, of course, you do the best that you can. But I guess too many times I've had people say to me, Thank you for reading my book because the last three interviews I did, they didn't know anything about me. Yeah, no, that and would I'm like, never well, be me. Right, because why have the guest? I wish that could be me, but no, I mean, I I prepare too. I think people, I mean, people have said on air, like, wow, like yeah. you were prepared. I just feel like you owe it to whoever is there, whether they're your favorite or not. It's a job and you said yes. And this is their hour to feel like a million dollars and an Oscar 100%. winner, whether they're your A-list or your D-list, David. 100%. It's not about you. That's, That's really, right. you know, and they have their own group of fans. So yeah, no, I, I've gotten like, I get less nervous now, but there's like, I interviewed Gloria Allred. Like I was scared. That's scary <laughs> as like, fuck. I mean, come on. <laughs> Cause she's, she's great. Uh, her daughter is also. I interviewed her too. I was that, less yeah, scared because she came. She's of mine. Yeah. Second, but just like, I was like, I'm a lawyer. I mean, I told yeah. Gloria, I said, I'm a lawyer. Like people don't scare me, but you, you scare me. Like if you came at me, I'm scared here today. <laughs> I think I, I think don't think she, she has reason to come at you. I think she's I was like okay with you. Yeah, I was like, but I'm scared of you. Just FYI, yeah. and she pretty yeah. much was like, well, you pretty much should be David. <laughs> but like a Dolly Parton would scare me if I was going to her hotel. I mean, she's a very sweet woman, so I was not. Yeah, I wasn't scared. I mean, we had seen her, I guess, a couple years prior. At a, she did a concert in Forest Hills in Queens, which is in New York. And we went to that and we went backstage and we did the whole meet and greet stuff. And I was with my dad. And during the concert, she talked about my father. I mean, it, so it wasn't, I knew 
And, and the way I'd gotten the interview was because I knew her when I was seven years old. So like she, yeah, like she sent us, I think when I got married, she sent us maybe a blanket or something. I mean, she was always so incredibly lovely and generous and um, she's everything you think that she is and, and more. Is there someone on the top of your list that you would just love to interview? Like, if you could yeah, choose. I mean, for years I've said Shonda Rhimes just because I, I think the, the writing that she does is so spectacular. And I, I love women who work and women who succeed and women who are willing to have the conversation about what it takes to succeed. Um, who else would I like to talk to now? I, I'm, I'm getting my list together because obviously with a podcast, I keep interviewing people. So I've got this like very long running list, but at 52 years old, it's very hard for me to remember anything without actually looking at the list. Like the brain cells have just diminished. Did you, uh, trust me, I get it. Did you watch Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you still watch Grey's Anatomy? Because I do. So Grey's Anatomy is a household staple, mostly for my husband and my daughter. They've watched it together since its inception. And yeah, so I watch it like with them on the side usually, but they've been like the diehard Grey's people, though I know everything going on. I mean, are they okay? Are they prepared for February? They're they're not really okay. I also, Debbie Allen's another one of my favorite people. I mean, ever. And I knew her as a kid too. And because my father had produced the music for the kids from fame. So we went to the UK with, at the time, England, with the kids from fame, the whole cast. And Debbie, of course, was there. And she's always been just the warmest, loveliest. Years later, I got to interview her at SiriusXM. And every time we've connected, she took me, I got to go to the Grey set when I went to LA, like, six, seven, eight years ago, I guess it was wow. at this point. Uh-huh. And I went gray sat and I met a bunch. I feel like I met Ellen Papeo. I met everybody. Like it was, an, it was a wild day. That's a good one. You mm-hmm. know, it was great. It was so much fun. It looked like a hospital. I was like, are you sure we're not at an actual hospital? Debbie Allen is great, but yes, I'm not prepared for Ellen Pompeo to leave. I like know. last night I got a text from one of my friends and it just yeah. said like, all capitals, fuck her. And I'm like, what are oh, you, no. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I guess, cause it was a third. She's like, I, this isn't okay. I just can't do this. And I'm like, sad. I, we're going to have to have a life. I know. And listen, I mean, can you imagine doing something for 20 years? Although you basically did. Yes, I did serious. it. It's very hard to leave. It's a very emotional thing to go to your next chapter. But because of the internet, there is this part of me that feels like I haven't, haven't really left. And Although were, I did yeah. find, hold on, I did recently like email somebody. Can I have the, like the publicist information for this guest? And like they didn't email me back, and I was like, I wonder if they're not emailing me back because I don't work there anymore, which is so weird. Because like, what? Like it's so strange. Like a publicist is a publicist is a publicist. You know what it is? I have such. A, I mean, I think I've talked about it on here too. It's an before. odd thing, yeah. I have such a because I ran recruiting and HR at like Martha Stewart and all these yeah. companies. Yeah. I have such a. I don't know if negative is the right, but I have such a pessimistic, maybe realistic view of how companies work. Yeah, and I really feel it's strange dynamics when you're not there. So maybe I'm not saying. I, I guess agree with I think it. it's strange dynamics, like because it doesn't. It's an odd, I think I'm looking for, and feel free to help me. I really want to email, I really, Harry did it again. I really want to talk to the pioneer woman and I love her and for years and like, she's a mom and she's had weight struggles and she cooks. I don't, but I try and she's got that mercantile. Like she's just so cool. So all I wanted was the food network rep or her publicist for the book that she wrote, like so not. I wasn't right. asking for Madonna's right. contact when, and frankly, I have ways to get to Madonna's people uh, that are outside of Sirius XM. So it was just a strange to me thing that I wouldn't get a, a reply for such a negligible ask. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, because it wasn't even, I wasn't like, hi, can you email so-and-so for me? And no, I'm like, just the name of, it's almost like the book publisher which PR. you could find if you of have. course, which I'll just, yeah, and I will. It's fine. I will. I just, yeah. 
Well, you did go to Hofstra Law School just like I did. Winning. Which is right. Like people are like, are you, so sometimes I get called out on this shit. People are like, are you really a lawyer? I'm like, trust me, there's nothing that I would say that that's not something to brag about. I would not, that's not my lie. Like, my Well, it is lie. fair. It's a fair point to make. My son, who's a, a 2L in law school, not at Hofstra, he makes fun of me all the time. I mean, he calls me a lawyer in quotes. He'll be like, because you're a lawyer, mom. And I'm like, but I'm like, I'm actually a lawyer. So you can't, the quotes don't apply. He's like, yeah, but. Did he ever ask you for help in law school? And you're just like, I have God, no, no idea what you're no, talking about. No, he doesn't need, no, no, no. He's so much smarter than me. Oh God, no, Jacob, he's, forget about it. He is, that's why he makes fun of me. He completely frowns upon my capabilities when it comes to my very strong legal mind. He doesn't really. I mean, he thinks I'm it's just an ongoing joke between the two of us because he's such a better student than I ever was. And he actually wants to be a lawyer. I didn't go to law school really with the intention of becoming a lawyer. And yeah, I, I'm licensed because I went. Yeah. So ultimately why not? it makes sense to be licensed and to keep my license. You know how it is. It's like every two years or three, every two years, we have to take continuing legal education classes. You pay like $300 or something then to the bar association and you're still a lawyer. So yeah. like, that's it. But I don't, I'm not really involved a little legal analysis here and there as, as, as much as I like to do. Did you ever, so you never, did you ever practice law? For like a hot second, I did mortgage closings and I did some per diem work for other attorneys who couldn't show up to court. So I sort of combined acting and lawyering. And that was my sweet spot. Like you could show up as somebody else and stay a certain procedural something, but I didn't really want to argue the merits of any case. Huh. How did you then get into like broadcasting, like, was it through like Martha Stewart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, I was assisting, I was my father's executive assistant for when he was working with Martha. And then I met Martha's daughter, Alexis. And then she asked me to do a radio show with her when the Sirius XM channel was launching. And that was the beginning. That was it. That was my first day on the job was my first day being on air. I mean, ever, anywhere. My heart Did you just love it right away? Really? Uh-huh. I think I was terrified, but the stakes felt really low then because 2005 in the fall, our first show is October 24th, 2005. Now I remember the date because the day before was my son's birthday and his birthday party. And I remember, I mean, I don't remember how old he was because again, the brain cells, but I just remember having this nervousness and this anticipation but I also remember the fact that Howard Stern hadn't started yet at Sirius XM. So for us, it was like we could go turn on the radio show and broadcast and then just forget about it in a sense, because few people were listening at the beginning or so we thought few people were listening and the ability to record the shows wasn't there the way it is now. Like now we're wherever you are, no matter what you say, something will get captured like on demand or somebody listening can capture it. You screen grab, screen record. Back then it was like once you're on the air and the show ends, it's done. There was no there was no like library of what we did. So, I mean, there was like a obviously we had for our show CDs and stuff. I mean, CDs at the time, right? Like who uses a CD anymore? But yeah, we had that. So when we first launched, it was nerve wracking. We were not a show that involved guests. So it was just the two of us. And it was really fun and um, scary, but not as scary as I think it almost became years later when people were paying attention to SiriusXM when it first really got recognition. Was, I mean, was that 100% because of Howard? Yeah. I mean, Howard showing up at SiriusXM changed everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, what was that like? Like, oh, was yeah, it like, holy course. shit, Howard Stern is coming here? I mean, uh, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, be. but we were, yeah, but we were a part of Martha's team. So it was almost like that was what was happening. Like Howard was Howard and is Howard. So yeah, of course it was, he's coming here. It's a huge deal. The Messiah is going to be at Sirius XM. Like that's what it felt like there. Like radio Messiah was going to be there. But Martha was such a big shot. So like Martha knew Howard, especially since the two of them were going to be at SiriusXM and they were the two celebrity names at the start. And so there was kind of that 
thing that we were part of the same club, sort of. But I was horribly insecure and like saw him before we had launched in a restaurant and I was with Alexis and, Mar- and, and Martha and I was definitely nervous and didn't really want to like engage and because I was, yeah, I was intimidated. I, I mean, Howard is a god. I would be intimidated. Yeah. Years later in 2011, I got to be a guest on his show and that was really, really cool. He interviewed me and that was, that was one of the, I would say highlights of my career. Really? Mm-hmm. What yeah. I mean, what was it like being yeah. interviewed by Howard? I mean, Howard's like a genius. It was, it was, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was, yeah, he was lovely. He was very kind to me. And there was Robin and the whole thing. I love Robin. Yeah, she's yeah, she's wonderful. I don't know about you, but something is in the air in January. Seriously, I am not impressed with this energy. I have been, first of all, working like a dog. Everyone is on edge. I'm on edge. I've had such a mood and I just have not been myself. But I have to tell you, Innovative Extracts has come to the rescue. Innovative Extracts offers a full line of CBD and THC products. And man, I have needed these more than ever this month. Their products help with anxiety, mood improvement improvement, sleep. And I love that they have a variety of products and tastes, gummies, creams, vapes. They even have drops that you could take under your tongue. They have a full line of Delta 8 and 9 and 10 THC products, which really have helped me take the edge off. And they're legal and they don't require any medical card. So if you need something to help get you through this January as we head into February, visit their website, www.ie-cbd.com to get 40% off by using code VELVET at checkout. That's right, a whole 40% off by going to www.ie-cbd.com, enter code VELVET and get 40% off at checkout. Oh my God, this Thursday, it's back. Jersey Shore Family Vacation is back in our lives. I am so excited. You know... I love this show. I still love this show so much. Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Listen, I know what you guys are doing this Thursday at 8, 7 Central. You are going to be home and you are going to be watching MTV. And this season, oh my God, is going to be like the best season because the family is out. They're traveling all over. Look, they go to Hollywood to support Vinny and Dancing with the Stars. We're going to get to see Vinny on Dancing with the Stars. They're going to the Carolinas. Mike competes in a cornhole championship. Oh my God. Just Snooky and JWoww and Polly and Mike. I love it all. Dina, this show is still as good as it was the first day that it premiered. Listen, they're talking pregnancy announcements and an engagement. Oh my God. This Thursday, January 26th. We're only a few days away, you guys. Jersey Shore, family vacation, all new Thursdays, 8, 7 Central on MTV. Yeah, the whole, Uh, I mean, the whole crew is john hines my friend his wife debbie like they're really nice people there yeah i mean howard's i think one of the best in the business really well yeah and he's also nice off air he's a lovely man he's not like one well, and recent years i think on air he's similar to who he is off air and his wife beth is fantastic and she's a friend and i love everything she stands for and all her work with the cats and animals we're fully aligned in that so um i like them it's just only, they've only been nice. What was it like when you were with Alexis interviewing Paul Abdul? Oh my gosh. I can't even remember that at that <laughs> point. I feel like, I feel like Paula had done some work somehow with my dad. There were a couple a few years. My dad was doing some random consulting work. And I think Paula might've been one of his clients. Cause I remember she was at our house once I think. And I, cause I remember she was here. I just don't remember why or how many times so I had met her before and um, she was great. I mean, she's another one of those people that's fiercely talented and then went on to do different things from what we knew her as originally. Like she was a choreographer and then she was a pop artist and then she was a host on um, American Idol, right? And so or judge. Yeah. And she was, she's a sweet woman, a very, very sweet woman. I mean, I felt like I was the size of Topeka, Kansas next to her because she is the teeny tiniest she person I've ever seen. But apart from that, yeah, it's good. She's lovely. No problems there. 
Are you into music just because you grew up around it? Like, or like, yeah. and do you know, like, are you into current music? I mean, I couldn't name you half. And are your yeah. kids into music? Have Do they keep you? I mean, they're older yeah. too. My like, daughter. I, yeah. My daughter will keep me if we're in the car together, she plays her music and I beg her to shut it off because I'm old, but yeah, she's very into current music and um, yeah, my son listens to music too, but I'm in the car more with my daughter than I am with my son, but, but they both also know older stuff. Cause my husband only listens to seventies in the car and I really like eighties. And so the, that's sort of our sweet spot. I think the stuff that you listen to during those formative years, your teenage years that bring you right back, like the soundtrack to our lives is kind of where we go back to listening to those eras or those decades. But music for me, I have a kind of, I wouldn't say love, hate. I'd say I love music. I've always been musical. I sing. I can like play a little piano by ear, but I am very emotionally, um, emotionally involved with music. And so if I am feeling emotionally vulnerable, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, because I will just cry. Music hits me, music wrecks me, and I don't have the ability to regulate my emotions well enough to, to sort of tolerate it. I get That makes sense to me. I am, uh, and I, I am, I will choose the eighties as well. I let's put a chip on the eighties, some, some nineties, some seventies, but if I listen to only eighties music for the rest of my life, I would be happy. I would be fine. Same because it's like what we know it it brings us back. It's like that was a fun era, and I know some of the music's really horrible and like the techno sound that like it's hard. But like two turned on by Alicia, is there a better song? I'm not sure. It's all just I was listening to Prince 1999, the album at, at the gym this morning, and I'm so like, good. this is just out of all the things I could have chosen for today. And yesterday I was listening to the Go Go's Beauty and the Beat, so I'm yep. like. It just, I'm the wrong. And I really try. I really try to force myself to look at new music, learn who's on there. And then I'm like, I just, uh, I, I give up. Better I, than me. I don't do that. Cause I look, if I hear it on like a hit swan or on a pop station, great. But I tend to go to like the adult contemporary stations, old people music, or like the softer listening, old people music. I just, and the stuff that again, I also like really cheesy pop, like stuff that American Idol would have played in the early years, like those kind of artists. I, Elliot Yameen. I mean, I'm not proud of my musical selections, but, or I go back to like Dolly and Barbara and the stuff that we grew up with. The Barbara Streisand Guilty CD is just- That was my dad's. Yeah, that was my dad's. That's the one that I just Mm -hmm. like Saturday morning with a cup of coffee and a candle. I'm like, if you didn't know I was gay, like here we are. Now you do. But you know, it's another good, the the main event song, main event. And I don't think my dad did that one, but that song- I gotta listen to it, yeah. If you listen to the theme from the main event, Barbara singing, extra, extra, I'm in love. I gotta thank my lucky stars. She's at a higher key, of course, but, um, and better, but it is so, it'll make you want to exercise. Really? Okay, I got it. Don't be late. I can't and her, her Donna Summer, her song with Donna. Well, that was my dad. My dad paired them. He did that duet. That was. Yeah, yeah. epic. Yeah. Are you shocked, like speaking of Bethany, I know you are not into Housewives yeah. at all. Are you shocked at just like that reality TV and Housewives that this is just such a thing? I mean, no, I, I get it. I, I get it, but I guess for, look, I, I know the reality of reality TV. So I know that the emotions are real and that the setups are sometimes created, enhanced, encouraged. So I yeah. know that. And I also am a person who is extremely conflict averse. So because I hate conflict so much, it's very hard for me to watch it. I get uncomfortable. I get uneasy. And so I think that's part of why like, I never really wanted to do reality like TV as a thing. I, I danced around it at one point I did like a demo reel but it was so sweet that it was like where's the where's the oomph where's the drama where's the fighting where's the like it's not gonna happen with me because I just I steer as clear away from that as I possibly can and I don't drink so I'm like a total zero when it comes to those things 
but, but like, so I get uncomfortable really easily. I don't, I don't like to see people hurting. I don't like to see people uneasy. It's, it's a little easier for me to tolerate in fiction on TV, but that's, so that's really my heart. I, I like heartwarming reality television that I can get behind. Like what? Like the Great American Bake Off or something? Sure, that was a terrific thing. Yeah, and some of the crime stuff, though, not heartwarming. There's a resolution. I like a resolution. I like stories of survival. So I enjoy documentaries. That's real, like that kind of thing. But I think the drama of the housewives, I'm too sensitive to handle it. I think that's what it is. But like Heather Dubrow, I've known since she was a kid, since she was in college. And I adore her. And she's just fantastic. And like her husband's show, Botch, that was really fun to me. And again, Bethany, I think it's amazing because she's Bethany. And so if I know you and I love you, that's different. That's different. But I also know them. So that's also another part of it, I guess. I never, Yeah. So I was going to say, so you could watch Terry on Botch, but Heather on The Housewives is maybe, I mean, I, there's I mean, no, drama. Sure, I just didn't really want, I wasn't a big Housewives person because of the drama. Like I just, I don't, there's so much drama in re- actual real life that I'm, t- I'm just sensitive. I just, yeah, just, I'm just too sensitive. Uh, uh, although I bet if pathetic. it's. If yeah. it's scandal, which has more drama than life itself, it's or fictional, how to get... right? It's fiction. It's not real. So I don't. I, I'm not worrying about what happens when the cameras turn off. It's, listen, Scandal is one of the best TV shows that has ever existed. It's the most fun. We all were crazy about Olivia Pope, who is a homewrecker, who is a murderer. I mean, that's some dynamic writing and dynamite writing. That if you end up having compassion for Olivia Pope, and we all did, we loved her loved and Annalise Keating it just yes. Shonda is murderers yeah. horrible people and yet we love because life is nuanced and people are complicated and complex that's why we love our Meredith Grey she is yeah. just she's been when, through the when she's when it's Grey. when it's brooding Meredith yeah. I'm just there's like, nothing better nothing oh, better just, she's had a lot of loves in her life just keep Ellen around forever people yeah yeah no I'm I'm right there with you yeah. Have you ever had an interview where it's just like, like, what are some of your not so fun interviews where you're just like, <sighs> I tried so hard to connect. This just was a mess. I, I the, look the probably the worst interview I ever had was Leah Michelle. And I, I now years later, I blame myself because, um, because I think I said that she was a kid and she wasn't, she was in her twenties. And this is going back. This is way before the tragedy of Corey and way before sort of the, the, the glee curse existed. And she was on for, she was on for a book that she had written from the jump. She just didn't seem like she wanted to be there. And that was very hard for me as a broadcaster and as an interviewer, but and the people listening were really upset by the whole thing. I don't really think they were upset with me, which was nice. Um, but you're, look, she's a, an extraordinary talent. So like, there's no denying that. Like she's ridiculously talented. And I always felt like that. So I only felt bad because I wished we had connected and we didn't. And I, I like to connect with people. So maybe she had a bad day and maybe for whatever reason, we kind of were like oil and water, but that can happen. It wasn't as sort of scandalous as it felt in the moment. I think years later, though, I haven't listened back and there was, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. And w- the people like, cause I've had that too, where people will yeah. DM and just be like, David, congratulations you hung in there yes that's what I got mostly that yeah and I'm always look I publicists have brought me their guests for years because I like people um kind of leaving whatever experience they have with me feeling better than they did before they got there and so I'm never looking to hurt somebody Mm -mm. not on the air I mean I guess occasionally off the air but not on the air like you could it's like coming over to my house why would I invite you over if I'm gonna be a dick wouldn't really make sense. So yeah, it, I felt really bad about it because I didn't, I, I don't, again, that's the conflict thing. I, I don't do that. So if someone, if there's some weird juju, I'm so uneasy. Like I can lose sleep for weeks. Did she, like, I mean, was it that? Like, did a publicist reach out and say like, this wasn't good? Like, we're No, I was lucky. The publicist knew that I did the best I could and the publicist was great. And it wasn't, 
yeah, it was fine. It was really all okay after it wasn't anything dramatic. It just was sort of like, what do you think about this? And I was kind of getting one word answers and that you can't, you can't really do radio with that. Cause where do you go? We're, you're supposed to have a conversation. And then I got in trouble with one other interview, which was so weird. And it was, and I, I'm not even going to say who it was, but basically I'm in an interview with two people, one of uh, who had an ex-wife and I was doing the interview and I wasn't even going to bring up the ex-wife because again, it's not my thing to drum up conflict but the guy mentioned his ex-wife, like fully referenced his ex-wife at a recent conversation they had had. I mean, it was something that detailed and specific and in the moment. And I replied or responded with something like, well, how is the ex-wife? Something like that. A very normal, like if you and I were having a conversation, you told me about your friend, John. And I was like, how is John? Right? Like normal. And the publicist went ape shit on me. Like, how could you bring up his ex-wife? And how could you do this? And I, and I was like, bring up his ex-wife. The guy, you just, he brought up his ex-wife. Like, what? you can't put, it's like in, in the law, David, because you're a lawyer, we learn about when you open the door to a conversation. So like a defendant on the stand, if they open the door to a conversation that ultimately makes them seem like a freaking criminal, it's fair game because they open the door to the discussion. I get to ask the questions now because you open the door. That's what happened. Yeah. Wow. And I got and yelled at. Yeah. The person wasn't even mad at you, right? No, it's, no, no, it's no. Never I never the know that person. The, I don't think the talent even knew. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, and then there was one other one. Oh my gosh, there was one other one. You like got a call afterwards from the publicist. I think that one okay. I got a call after. Yes. And I was like, that's crazy. And someone needs to go back to them and re-listen to what happened because I did nothing, nothing wrong. The other one that happened was in the moment. The publicist is in the studio. I'm interviewing a young actress. Young. I mean, young as in 18 years old. I don't even remember now, she says. 18 years old, right? Do and, you really not remember? No, I do remember, but it's, uh, yeah. um, but, uh, well, listen. So I, I said to her, it was Chloe, Chloe, Chloe Moretz. Is that? That's that sounds about right. Yeah, there's a beautiful young, beautiful, really talented, blonde, short hair, gorgeous girl. And I think that's who it was. I hope it was. I think that's who it was. I don't know. I think so. Anyway, I said something like, so how do you like being a part of young Hollywood? And the publicist went, stop the interview. And I went, what? Stop the interview. Why are you asking her about young Hollywood? I said, I, she's part of young Hollywood. Like it was so bananas, but clearly this was this publicist issue. Like again, usually when people freak out, like, I don't know what the issue was. I still don't know, but I didn't, my work wasn't, I mean, that's also like eight years ago. Like nobody was upset with me. They were all like, I don't freaking know that person's a wackadoo. Not the, and it wasn't the guest. The guest was fine. It was the yeah. stop theater. And I was like, yeah, okay. I don't think I know. Yeah, no, that's, I don't think I've ever had a publicist stop. It was crazy. During it, but I've had, I mean, with me, it's, I mean, hardly ever. Yeah. I mean, I've had every situation. Wait, I'm before, sure. but I mean, recently I had a situation where it was someone and someone's like, listen, like, can you just send it to my publicist? The public, first of all, the, the publicist wasn't even on the call. So, right. Well, okay. So now your publicist wants this and he's like, listen. And I, I, I said, listen, I will, this is, I mean, I don't send an, an episode to a publicist, but I will do you a favor since we now are have bonded here. But, and I, this is all in writing. Like if your publicist, you know, look, if you said something against a network, like one or a, my, a major thing, I'll take it out. Sure. But like, this isn't carte blanche for your publicist. Okay. Da-da-da. Hey, publicist, by the way, let me reiterate, this is not carte blanche. If there's something against a network, like ABC, uh, you know what? That's valid. Anything Correct. else? Anything else? I'm here. If I send this, I get. Oh, of course, David. I get back. I am Jenny. I am not kidding you. About nineteen, nineteen things to edit out. Oh. And I'm like, listen. Let me just explain this to you. 
unfortunately, I, I I don't want this to happen. We're about to burn a bridge. The 100%. answer, the answer right. here is just a no. Like we're nineteen versus zero. There's I'm not. This is what nineteen, and there were like fifteen minutes, like huge chunks of like I'm like no, sorry. Do you see where I say I'm not going to do this? Like I want, yeah. and I'm like never this and he's like what and then like right. two weeks later i got an email like you know have you made those edits i'm confused and you're like I was no like, i told you i'm not doing right it. i was like right i i don't want to burn this bridge but we're burning a bridge i'm not doing yeah. this yeah um with leah michelle though i mean now with all that's come out like are you shocked i mean there's all these things you know people and she's a I, bitch look, again Look, I think she has not had an easy time. I think she's been working her entire life. And I love to give people the benefit of the doubt. More often than not, when people misbehave or they're unkind or they seem disengaged or uninterested, I don't think it's about us. I don't think it's about anyone else but themselves and whatever it is that they're going through. So it's fair that she could have had a rough day. Who knows? And I I, I don't hold it against her. I, I wish her what? Like, I was excited when she was going to be Fanny Bryce. And, yeah. and I was someone who was like rooting for Beanie Feldstein. Like, I love Beanie. And huge fan. And I was very, I didn't see the show and I was very upset when it didn't do well. And I did know that Leah Michelle always wanted to play that role in Funny Girl. And then when she got the role in Funny Girl, I was like, yes, she should have the role in Funny Girl. She should win a Tony. She's freaking Leah Michelle. She's extraordinarily talented. So I, I err on the side of that, like not whatever. We all have our bad days. Like I've become such an intolerable bitch in the past three weeks that like, I hardly recognize myself and I'm okay with that. But you still do turn it on in when you're doing your job, which is the difference. Well, I mean, I bring it to my job. I think if you are having a bad day, then you show up to work and you say, I'm having a bad day because I'm never here to make someone else feel bad. But that's just my way. I'm not sure that everyone is comfortable sharing their like raw inside. Like my my guts are always spilling out. Like that's just the who that I am. I, I don't have the ability or the capacity to, to front being okay when I'm not okay. I just, it takes all of my effort to, to be sort of okay. So if I had to add on top of it, like, I don't know, some sort of, Hey, everybody, let's all laugh and have a great time all the time. I, ugh, I, I don't think I could function. So yeah, so I'd much rather show up somewhere and say, like I said too early before we even started recording, that like I could start crying at any moment because that's just like where I am today. But I would let anyone I'm around know this because it's I don't ever want someone to misunderstand my own process as somehow being about them and how they're right. behaving when when it isn't. So, I mean, on my podcast, like I cry all the time. Um, you do. You cry on the Just I cry Jenny podcast all the time. All the well, because I I'm in the middle. I lost my father, so I'm grieving and going through all sorts of hell. And I and I feel like there's a service that can be provided by by sharing that stuff because somebody else is definitely going through it. Like we're never yeah. the only ones who are struggling with whatever it is that we're struggling with. Like I think that's a universal. Like pain is universal. So. Yeah, I'd rather just back to what you're saying in terms of turning it on. I don't I don't think I ever turn it on. I think I just I think I just show up as I am. I think it's just that I show up. And so maybe that's that's something. That's a lot. Well, first of all, I told you if you cry, you could A, you can cry here today and behind Thank the velvet rope as I I'm say that with a smile. But yeah, of course. you wouldn't be the first person to cry here. So just keep that in mind. Thank you. I appreciate And B, that. no, oh, I was just trying yeah, to no, like you know, yeah. just because you say Leah Michelle, and I'm like, oh, well, now we have all this stuff that came out about her. It's, I just interviewed a Glee person and, you know, they were, it's going to come out soon. And I was, yeah. you know, you get that, like, you realize, like, under no circumstances are you to mention the word Leah or Michelle. I'm like, I get it. I'm like, fuck you, because I was going to, but that's that where was, I, That was on Glee? No, I, 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 I just. Oh, they didn't want to talk about it. I mean, I could say who it is because coming up, it's Amber Riley from and Glee. Why, and she was saying she didn't want to talk about her because the new thing is like, you know, everyone's asking, "Are you going to see Funny Girl?" And everyone's oh. saying, "Like, I would never see that." Fuck, Lee. Oh. like that's the thing. And so, of course, and she really was. I mean, granted, as a lawyer, you then have ways of. So I asked. She was on Broadway, so I said, like, 
are you going to see anything on Broadway? <laughs> I mean, you know, and so you listen, Dance. us, yeah. us lawyers have a yeah. way of at least getting it in. It's not the yeah. same as saying like, are sure. you going to see funny girl? But yeah. she went out and listed like 35 shows she wants to see other than, I mean, she didn't say right. I'm not going to see that, but yeah, I'm like, I don't go like I would see funny girl tomorrow. I don't have that. Again, I know it had nothing to do with me. It's so long ago and it wasn't about me. Like I, that's, yeah. and I'm sure you've learned that. I'm sure you've had people on the podcast where they weren't really here to play, but they thought that, and then you're yeah. just like, what was that? But it's never really, it's I, just not personal. It's not you. I really feel, yeah, sometimes I could tell like, man, this person doesn't want to be there. It's, but it's, that is very rare. Most of the people, for me, it's when the thing comes out and then there's a headline. That is when my world starts. Everyone loves me. Oh my yeah. God. You, like yeah. I said, you're, you're in my house. My goal is to make you feel better on the way out than you came in. It's all about you. So our rapport is wonderful. Sometimes there's publicists even listening in. No one's ever mad. It's sometimes you get to take this out, take that out, whatever. I'm in another fight now with a, with a music person. I think someone so from your past, probably, I think actually that is connected to your world and your father, but that's a whole huh. nother thing. Listen, I'm guessing who it is and I'm not sure that they're actually connected, but I'm guessing. You might guess. Here's the thing. Yeah. It's just like your situation that you talked about with the, the guy's girlfriend. I asked a question about working. This person worked with Kanye West. Okay. So no, that's not the person. Okay. This this person worked with Kanye. Not, yeah, you'll tell me who it is. Yeah. And Go it's on. like, yeah. and it's like, it was one of these things. And there was a network at a pub. Everyone's on the line. Yeah. And it's like, look, if it is, I agree. Tense question, David, but it's a very innocent question. What was what you, this person didn't give a, a two minute answer. It went on, on, and, on. and there were flowers. And <laughs> so then when you get like, so-and-so was so uncomfortable with your question. Well, I now have a problem with these words because she wasn't because she just gave an answer that lasted for like an hour. I didn't tell her to talk about, you know, the car ride and the house and the flowers. I mean, this was a really detailed response for someone that was pretty uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? So now it's like, well, I, we could take out a word or three. We're not taking out a 20 minute conversation. Right. So it's, it's one of these now where like you weren't uncomfortable at the time. Things have unfortunately happened with Kanye that have nothing to do with this interview. And now this person doesn't want to be tied to this. Now I have a weird yeah. journal, journalistic integrity. That's a weird. I, we met Kanye was at my ha- my dad's house. God, I don't even know what year it was. Um 10, 10, 12 years, I mean, a while ago. And that day he was perfectly pleasant. And like with all the kids and my dad, like I don't even like all of our kids, like it's so bananas to me what's happened in recent years. So it's, yeah, so bananas and unfortunate. It's a a little crazy. Yeah. And like you say, like no one, like you look at like Twitch from the Ellen show, like no one knows, like no one knows what someone's going through, right? I'm throwing up about that. I mean, I think a lot of us are. It's, it's, it's really, um, I think that one hit me extra hard because I was such a Twitch fan and I loved watching how he and his, his uh, surviving wife, um, Allison would dance online through the pandemic and, just that whole energy was so infectious and glorious and life affirming and alive. Right. And so I'm a big believer in the power of movement and how that impacts our wellness and our brain chemistry. And then somebody who seemed to be moving all the time was so low. And I know that mental illness is a multifactorial problem that needs a multifactorial approach to manage. And in the case of real clinical depression and suicidal ideation, there's a lot that's unknown. And um, there's a lot that that needs to be done in order to protect somebody from taking their own life. I mean, it's a, or, or dying by suicide, I think is the right way we say it now, because it's a disease, it's a mental illness when you have that sort of suicidal ideation and then actually do it. Um, I don't think that we, and, and I, and I don't know that we get to be privy to what or what the what was or the why was there there were these reports there was a suicide note saying that i just saw that yeah that that there were some past problems that he had but that he alluded to and i don't i don't know that we get to know that information i i understand why we want it because we want to insulate ourselves from this happening to somebody we love and know in real life like we all feel these things because they're a mirror they hold up a mirror to to us in our world 
And so we see somebody who has so much promise and what seemingly so much joy die by suicide. We said, well, what, what about, what about the people that we actually know care about love in actual real life? It's, it's terrifying. So I, and so we want the info. We want it because we want to understand what can't be understood. And I don't think we get that. I don't think we, I don't think we're do that. I don't think, I think we need to leave them be. Um, and, and because it's not something that anyone will ever actually be able to make sense of because it's that just horrifying, sad and, uh, incomprehensible, um, unless you're in, I guess that's sort of pain and are someone who is, is suicidal yourself. And then I just always keep repeating, like, please stay. There's always an opportunity for things to get better. And you'll only know that if you stay and please get help. Like I'm a big proponent of like, go to therapy, call the hotlines, whatever they may be, and reach out to somebody that you know loves you. And even if you don't think they do, reach out to somebody who has said they love you, even if you don't believe them. Like I just, you know, that it, this really cut me, really, really got me uh, like, like most of us. It's just uh, extraordinarily devastating, but I don't, I don't believe the whole like out of nowhere thing. I mean, uh, somebody knew something. And again, I don't think we have the right to know it. Now, Kaylin Allen, who is dear friends with him and also part of Ellen's show and does the podcast with Ricky Lake, who's a friend of mine, um, he did tweet some things about Twitch saying that they were to, they were best friends and that in each of their darkest moments, they would be there for one another, which alludes to the fact that there were dark moments. And I think yeah. he wrote something like the darkness won out or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So there have been a couple of, of things that have indicated that this wasn't out of nowhere. But again, we don't get that luxury. Like we're not, it's not about any of us. It's about his family. And I hope that they get all the answers they're, they're seeking because I think for the benefit of their children, they should have as much clarity and reasoning and answers. They will never have closure and they will never fully understand because it's impossible, but they're the only ones that sort of have the right to have this stuff and the little bits that we're getting. No, I just, I don't want to cause that family any more trauma. I just yeah. Don't. And I don't think it matters. I agree. I think, cause I mean, even with Allison, like running into the police, cause the, I mean, like to me, it's like, if I, I mean, I yeah. live in an apartment, but if yeah. someone wasn't home and their car was there, I wouldn't freak out. I would just say like, where are they? I mean, the fact that to me, right. Seeing a car and where's the person, then you run into the, like, I think there's a history. I, I think we know our people. I think right. also we know our people. So if you can't, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that you know. I don't know. I don't, I just, I, I don't know what, maybe he was protecting her from whatever he was going through. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I think my friend Rosie O'Donnell, I dropped another name, go ahead, pick it up. I think she really was um, correct when she went on TikTok the other day and she was like, anybody saying there's a cobble and there's a conspiracy in Hollywood killed Twitch, it just didn't happen. And to diminish the um, fact that mental illness is a thing is really dangerous. And so acknowledge that this is what happened because this is what happened and, and nothing else, nothing nefarious other than he died by suicide at his own hands. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, but I, again, I don't, I think the voyeurism part of this has to have to, has to, has to somehow dissipate because it's a real, it's a real tragedy. Just, it's a real tragedy. It is. Yeah. Well, do you see all the things people that you get when you tune into the Just Jenny podcast? This is, this oh, is God. what it is. I mean, we have They're talked like, about David, like, send her away. No, fast. no, the opposite. You're going to oh. have to come back. Listen, you're, I think you should come back like once a quarter. Really? I would There's love like, to. You can do the You same have thing. so much. Yes. I had a great, everyone needs to, first of all, listen to my, I was on your podcast. You were so good. I don't even know what I talked about, but I talked I about. Either. But more than I talk about here, I never talk about myself. You got me to talk about law school and all this other stuff, all the things that I just don't like to talk about. Um, <laughs> but thank you. I'm like, really, my career and how I got here behind the velvet rope. But really, I mean, ever tell everyone, everyone needs to listen to your podcast. It is, yeah. you're from Sirius, but you are taking this thing all the way, baby. Oh, yeah. It's just Jenny. It's called Just Jenny with Jenny Hutt. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And um, I drop a new pod every day, six days a week at this point, which is kind of weird, I know, but it's what I know how to do. And if I can get it out of my brain, I feel a little bit better. Like sometimes 
every time I have a guest, they're normal length podcast, but then I do a lot of quick ones in between seven days. I drop two. I, I'm yeah. I can't stop myself. I have to, I I'm used to talking every day. So I, I do wanted, I do six yeah. days a week. Cause I do the yeah. Patreon. Listen, it's like, I think I said on your show, you said, wow, I'm discovering more is more. Yes. I really think when you get an audience, I think like if you, my people here, if I did this like seven times a day, I would think like I'm, I'm over myself really like yeah. hearing this awful voice and people are like, no, just keep talking girl. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So. Well, cause I think you, you're who you are. I think people like people who show up as they are. That's why well, you. you stay with your six days a week, you Thank know? You. Cause it's like, you put it all out there. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's messy. It's messy. Don't, don't listen. Messy. There are people who listen it to, to Anderson Cooper's grief podcast. And they're like, it's magnificent. And it's, and it is, it is the most gorgeous. Really? I cry and the music. Oh my gosh. And the production value. And, and he talks about and, grief every day. No, he has a whole podcast about grief wow. and all that, all there is it's called. And it's, oh my, it's remarkable. It's, it's truly glorious, but that's not me. Like my grieving is like a snotty cry and there's just, yeah, it's not well-produced. It's like literally in the moment, but well, now I'm going to have to go. I mean, I literally started listening. I'm showing yeah. my support. I started listening to my episode of me on your podcast oh, good. Yeah. and you and I already talked about this, like listening to my actual self anywhere is literally oh, so cringe, because. right? It's the worst. I, I, I don't gonna... listen back. I only and listen back when I have to edit. Cause then I'm like, ugh. And I sent it to our mutual friend, John in LA. And I said, you need to support your friend, Lynn Listen, He's like, okay, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm going to listen. I'm like, okay. That's hysterical. You're probably going to teach him things about me. P- people think I, t- I never talk about myself. I'm just oh, like- I love that you shared who yeah. you are. I mean, I think it's I mean, so I'm open. It's just like, yeah. you know. It's interesting to see how somebody gets to who they, like where they are. Yeah. I, think I'm I love that stuff. Yeah. We are both lawyers. The point is, and we are both in the media. So I don't know what that says for Hofstra Law School, but go Hofstra. Go Hofstra. <laughs> there we are. On if that I note. could... If yeah. I could tell you, I speak to one person that still works there, or one professor, I wouldn't even know anyone's name. I could think of it, but I wouldn't know it. Everyone needs to follow Just Jenny. Where where could they find you online on social yeah. media? So I'm on Instagram at Just Jenny Hutt. I am on TikTok at Jenny Hutt and Twitter at Jenny Hutt. And then, um, and then you can email me at JustJennyPod at gmail.com. Once a quarter, you're coming back, babe. I'd love to. And you'll be back on my show too. So there we Anytime. go. Anytime. Love All you right. much. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Anytime. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.